Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. This is this is being recorded October 21st, 2020. Just a couple short weeks before the presidential election here in the United States of America. Whew. Now, in previous eras... The news that was revealed earlier today, or last night, or whatever, um, would, I mean, that would do it. That would would be the end. But uh, the particular story that was released last night regarding Mr. Trump is just another notch on Trump's belt of, you know, unethical, immoral, you know, conflicts of interests and all kinds of things, and, you know, criminality, abuse of power, it's just, you know, the smallest scandal back in the old days would end a presidency, or at least put it into a serious question. Um, For example, uh, when I was in high school, and just after I graduated high school, there was an impeachment of a president, it was the last one, time an impeachment happened before Trump, and it was uh, regarding Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was asked in a civil suit whether or not he had sex with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, And he said no. And it was discovered later uh, that she had given him a blowjob, performed oral sex on Bill Clinton. Now, they hadn't had sex sex, so technically what he said was correct, although, you know, he, I guess he should have been more forthcoming, although, but whatever. The Republican Party uh, attempted to impeach Mr. Bill Clinton, the President of the United States at the time, uh, for perjury, basically. You know, for lying under oath. He, he was asked in a civil suit whether or not he had sex with Miss Lewinsky. He said no. They found out later that she had sucked his dick. They hadn't had sex or whatever, but some people at the time, it was the 90s and stuff too, so things were changing or whatever, new, let's talk about sex, baby, let's talk about you and me, talk about all the good things and bad things that make me, let's talk about sex, let's talk about, um, you know, so, that was like the level of severity or whatever that warranted an impeachment. Now, he, he did not get removed, thankfully. That would have set a dangerous precedent. But a, a worse, a, a very horrifying precedent, though, was set not that many years later. I mean, still in my lifetime, you know. And that was uh, just this past fall. Uh, Donald Trump abused his power as president. You know, he abused his power. And I'll get to the news that was revealed last night in a bit. It's important to preface everything, though, you know. But uh, he abused his power. That that's, That is what he did. And the Republicans that were defending him, their main defense was that abuse of power isn't a reason to remove from office. You know, that's not like a justification or, or something. It seems like that's a worthy reason to remove someone from any position. They're abusing their power. Therefore, they shouldn't have that power anymore because they're abusing it. So they should be demoted or fired 
regardless of what position it is. But the Republicans said that um, that's that's not a justification. And his abuse of power was he wanted uh, the president of Ukraine to perform personal political favors for Donald Trump in order for the Ukraine to get military aid that Congress had already approved. And Donald Trump had no right to rescind. You know, it wasn't his authority. Congress is the checkbook. So, um, yeah. So the impeachment happened, and all the evidence came out, and people people spoke out against Trump. Very high-ranking military officials, not the swamp. Uh, no, uh, no. I think yeah, those uh, those gosh darn Trump folk they got a little confused when they heard Trump drain the swamp. Uh, I think what they thought it meant was like drain you know, those sort of corrupt politicians that take massive amounts of money from corporations and stuff and only do things in government that represent corporate interests. That would be great, yeah. Get rid of those types of people, sure, yeah. But uh, the drain the swamp slogan from Donald Trump means the exact opposite. Yeah. So all those people who could be making more money doing other things, but instead are loyal to the United States of America, first and foremost, are public servants and have devoted their life to country. Donald Trump got rid of them or ruined their careers and such and then replaced them with really wealthy assholes, you know, fucking idiots that just have a lot of money and gave Donald Trump a lot of money. Very corrupt, unethical people and many of them with no experience representing others. Yeah, that's what drain the swamp meant. It, it, yeah, it kind of the opposite of what you think it means. Kind of like the Patriot Act. You know, Patriot Act uh, that was written back in the early 2000s gave the government the right to spy on its citizens. It's kind of an anti-patriotic bill, but it's called the Patriot Act. You know, you know it's just kind of clever marketing. Drain the swamp. You know, it, it seems great. The swamp, I would think, would be people like, you know, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, you know, Ted Cruz, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, Gomer, Gomer. He's in Congress, that Gomer, yeah, he's another one. Rand Paul, yeah, you know. There's your swamp right there, those kind of people, yes. Yeah, let's get rid of those types. Sure, that'd be awesome. Not so much the people that are really loyal and honorable. Um, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. But uh, the uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, uh, by saying his title, it, or his rank, kind of helped me remember his name. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, who spoke of the impeachment. I mean, that's the type of people you want in government. But that's the type of person who was forced to leave under a Trump regime. An, an honorable person of duty and devotion to country who literally sacrificed part of his body defending the interests of the United States of America. He, his career was ruined because of Trump. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the drain the swamp thing, it's kind of the opposite of what you think it means. So, that's important to kind of, all this is to kind of preface the latest revelations that came up regarding Trump within the last 24 hours. He has a personal bank account in China with hundreds of millions of dollars that he's taken out of it.
is mostly a fund that he has some kind of business, Trump titled business that operates in China, gets Chinese investment. And so, and it's something like 130 million that he took out of that account directly funded by China. And uh, it appears, you know, $750 that he paid in U.S. federal income taxes. He may have paid several million in taxes in other countries. But just the, you know, there, there is a law that says that you can't do that. It's called the Emoluments Clause, you know. Like, I don't, why is, that? that's one of the, a democracy can start breaking down is when laws are just not enforced, you know. The, the opposition and the, uh, whatever, the establishment is just too strong. But, and he's breaking the law, you know. He's benefiting financially by being president. That particular big company that he created that it, that has some, some kind of tie to the Chinese government or whatever, that he took out $130 million recently, its profits in 2017 or something like that, like the first year of his presidency, were four times higher or something like that than the previous several years combined. It, it, some, it was some dramatic boost, and it was the first year that he was president. It's, that's not a coincidence. He's, he's making more money individually because he's the president. He's profiting by being the president. That's illegal. That there's a clause in the United States Constitution that strictly prohibits that type of behavior, you know. Um, but this is a learning experience for our country and our society. If we want to continue to be a dem democratic society, there's some tweaks we got to make. One of them is, if you want to be president, you need to release your tax returns. We don't need to hear excuses. If you don't want to release them, then don't run for president. If you want to remain a private citizen, then don't run for president. Once you run for president, especially if you win, you're a very public person. You hold a public office. It's not a private company. You're accountable to the people. So, yeah, where do you get your money from? How much do you earn and where is it from? Who are you in debt to? That's a big one. If you owe $400 million to the Chinese government, that's kind of important to know. If you're going to be in a responsible, you know, in, in foreign relations at all, representing our country, you know, he has a certain, there's certain leverage on him, you know, so it, it's going to have an effect on what sort of decisions he makes on behalf of all, us, you know, this country, because there's leverage on him, hundreds of millions of dollars. So... I mean, hopefully people do the right thing. It's a little discouraging to see some of the early votes have come in. And yes, the Democrats were in the lead and some of them, that's nice and all. But just the, the sheer number of votes already for Trump, even though it's a smaller number, it's still discouraging. It's just, come on, people. And just like his rallies that are going on right now, just crazy. You know, I... Do we really have to have like a, a like a crazy surge in this Corona thing for for those people to get it? Like, can we please avoid that? Let's not do that. You know, there's still people dying every single day. Let's not make that number even go higher than it already is. It, it's already difficult 
you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's heavy, man, you know, like it's, uh, there's real life people that are gone, you know, there's 200,000 of them, I kind of wonder if there's other people that I, you know, like new in my life that have gone and I just haven't heard about it yet, you know, assess the situation once the shit's all over, I don't know, I mean, did have a couple people I knew that passed away in the last few months. One wasn't of Corona. The other one, I don't know. I, you know, it, it's just such a weird time. There's no, uh, you know, there's just a higher death rate right now. And people that are vibrant, young, vibrant people. And even if you're older, if you're older and you're taking good care of yourself, you don't have any health issues, you shouldn't just be, poof, just be gone, just like that, for no good reason. It's not right, you know, and for it to be that high of a number simply because some arrogant asshole who was just born wealthy, uh, but became so famous that people forgot why he was famous. And then just be just because the right distribution of sort of indifferent or ignorant or whatever it is, folk picked the guy, even though everyone else knew he was a con man and was kind of shouting it from the mountaintops trying to like wake those people up like no don't do it pick anyone else but him i get it it's the republicans turn that's fine but at least pick a decent person god i mean i guess i get that jeb bush was kind of a fucking but shit of course he'd be better than trump he, he was just kind of mailing it in though he, that dude I don't think history's gonna look too kindly on him. He, he had he he had the perfect opportunity right there. He was the one that was supposed to be president anyway, among the Bush kids. You know, he was the oldest and the and like the bright light supposedly. George W. was kind of a fuck up when he was younger, but then he kind of reformed, you know, and became a better man. I don't so I don't think he was that great of a president, but um, you know, but Jeb was the one that was supposed to be the the president. He he was like the kind of the golden boy. In his younger days and stuff, he was the one that George H.W. had the high hopes for of being president one day. But he just kind of, he just kind of fucking mailed it in in 2016. Come on, clap, guys! You fucking. I mean, at least, I mean, I don't know. You don't get a, a raucous applause when you enter a room, so you're gonna like, hey, come on, clap for me. It's just. Hey. So, you know, here we are. I mean, fucking counting down the days, trying to, you know, work through the grind. I work uh, landscaping. You know, today I was spray washing a big rock because I want to make it look all pretty and I'm kind of redoing the garden and stuff. And so spray washing all the moss off and stuff. 18 an hour, work 10 hour days. Four days a week. It's a job. One of many jobs I've had over the years. Done all kinds of shit. You gotta do what you gotta do to pay pay the rent and buy food and shit. Cool things when you have a, a little over. A little over that to actually get, well, in my case, a little green. And then ideally, like, some funds for getting out and about and whatever. But, yeah. But you know, 
thankfully I still can work because it's an outside job and usually I'm just kind of by myself working uh, cleaning up gardens and stuff you know so I'm thankful for that a lot of people aren't able to work right now if you're in the service industry it's kind of tough I mean some are trying to make a go at it and, you know lots of delivery and whatnot but it's clearly depressed my alma mater is like on the verge of shutting down it appears it was actually uh highlighted on vice the other day in the vice documentary I'm alumni of eastern washington university in cheney washington and it's one of those college towns where the town is the college you know that and and in fact the college is older than the town um so like during the summertime like even when school is full strength and during summer it kind of goes down way before corona i mean the town was a dead. There's like nothing going on, but the school is its enrollment without Corona is about twelve thousand. But now there's just like, I think there's like a few hundred people probably on campus or something. So businesses are getting boarded up already and shit. Like there's been tons of expansion there since I graduated. Um, a guy that graduated around the same time I did, maybe a few. He might be a few years older than me. He went on to play in the NFL and then uh, for the Titans offensive line. So obviously made a bunch of money. Now the football stadium is named in his honor. Roos Field after Michael Roos. So Easton's really gained a lot of, you know, a little bit noteworthy in the recent years. You know, we've had a few, few alumni become professional athletes and stuff. That's always helps. We won a national championship several years ago, 2010. Division one, double A or, or no division, it's the subdivision or something. I forget what the name of it. It used to be called D one double A. It's basically like division one schools that are uh, a little bit smaller. You know, usually and so because like Eastern's a regional school, um, one of the cheapest schools in the state. I think Central was uh, similar in cost. I went there for a year, but it's uh, it's like a ghost town there. And it's fucking mid-October, man. It's right around uh, when homecoming would be. That place is thumping in the homecoming, especially in recent years. But it may, it might not even make it the whole fucking university. It might have to just completely restructure post this Corona thing. I mean, who knows? I mean, and if that that's just one town that I have a direct connection with that was actually talked about in a, you know, documentary series I'm sure there's other towns going through similar shit if you're just the right size and you're kind of reliant on a steady stream of people like spending money and you know steady commerce then what do you do when it dips by 70 80 percent how are you supposed to stay open and how are you, how are you supposed to do all that when the government's just kind of saying fuck it they're kind of indifferent I mean, there's a coronavirus going around that's having vast economic impacts on our society, i.e. huge portions of the working class people are unable to work at full capacity. Like, so there is no economy. That is, the, I mean, the economy requires us, people, the working class, to be working, you know. And the, the, the thing is that the wealthy elites like trump and the you know the republican establishment and stuff they, they they understand that the economy is us working 
So that's why they're like, oh, get back to work. But they don't understand that it has to be safe for us to work, you know. We're, we're not going to just die needlessly just to increase shareholder value, okay? We, we are worth more than that. Um, we understand, I understand at least personally that that is how Mitch McConnell views us. Our purpose is to increase shareholder value and that is it. We are expendable in Mitch McConnell's eyes. Hence, all this is going on and what are they doing right now? They're trying to confirm a Supreme Court judge. Yeah, I mean, they, they let the Supreme Court have eight justices for almost a year you know before so I think I think we'll be okay for a few months you know there's no rush you know this this isn't even later in an election year um, than the last time they held one up because the and their excuse was it's too close to an election and it was in like March it's October right now so middle of October so we don't really need to be doing that right now that can that can wait till later and yeah, it probably just wait until the results of the election are done. And then, yeah, if somebody else wins, like Joe Biden wins, then yeah, then he's the one that's going to pick the, who the ninth justice is. Um, they should not be having that confirmation right now because there's other things that are far more pressing right now than confirming a conservative judge that's approved of by the Heritage Foundation or whatever. You know. She, she has a certain rigid stance on marriage, you know, and so she's going to rule in that. She's, she has a certain stance on the Affordable Care Act. And, and she's going to vote favorably if Donald Trump tries to contest the election, no matter how bad of a landslide it is. And she's going to be agreeable to what? Throwing out vote Like, so, no. That needs to hold off. Obviously, they're not going to do that because the Republicans are power hungry. And they care about little else than more power and more money for the people that gave them money. And that is what they do. You know. It's unfortunate that so many good people who identify as being conservative and are good awesome people some of my role models in college you know some people I looked up to immensely still to this day support that organization I don't get it you know and then they'll assume that I'm a die-hard Democrat no not really you know it's frustrating that there's only two and one of them is awful you know one of the two options main priorities in life while they're in DC is cutting taxes for the wealthy and cutting taxes for corporations and then deregulating corporations. What does that mean? It means letting corporations pollute more easily. How does that benefit you, the regular person? It doesn't. It, it doesn't at all. Not even kinda. Nope. You get nothing. Now they present themselves as something other than that. But that is what they are, though. They are the organization that cuts, that benefits the wealthy. But that's it. That is what they do. And they try to talk around that, but 
proof is in the pudding, I guess, you know. I mean, their actions right now are just are testament to that, you know. People are dying, you know, 200, over 200,000, over 220,000 have, have died this year from an airborne illness. And we know, we know how it's transmitted. We know that it's an airborne illness. We know that personal protective equipment helps reduce the transmission. Yet, for some reason, the federal government is not really giving a sustained message on that, nor is it providing extra assistance, you know, to the people. Because, you know, because there's an airborne illness and our economy cannot be at full capacity yet and may not be able to be for a while because there's not a vaccine yet yeah and hospitals are still overloaded and too many of the population still believe that it's a hoax including the president who even caught it you know yeah he was able to get a hundred thousand dollar you know medical treatment and, and that's good for him and so he got pumped full of steroids and all kinds of drugs, a real expensive experimental treatment that he got. And he got pretty loopy for a few days. But since he's pretty loopy most of the time, uh, people didn't, it, it wasn't uh, whatever, you, you know, it's just another day. You know, every single day is just another day of another example. Um, history will not be kind to this era. Um, those that kind of stood by and said nothing are, are, are not going to look good. Those that were really supporting them, they're, they're not going to look good at all. Yeah, it's, but it's never too late to redeem oneself, you know, to, to turn away from darkness and hatred and division and apathy and turn towards forgiveness and love and peace. It's never too late to turn towards those things, you know. You're voting Trump, you're voting for hatred and division and violence towards others. And, and that's a very oppressive way to be, a negative way to be. And we can be better. You can be better, you know. There's no reason to support such things. Uh, people that are different than you are not your enemy, you, you know. The people that are coming here and they don't have paperwork yet, they're not causing you to lose a job. You know, stop blaming things on them. If, if you want to look at some issues in this country, look at the wealth gap. L look at the wealth gap you start, before you start blaming your problems on people who speak Spanish. Yeah, they're not the cause of your woes, okay? Who are you voting for and what, what are they doing? Are they, are they helping keeping the roads maintained in your city? You know, are they, are they keeping the, the schools and hospitals well maintained? Is it easy to get health care? Is it easy to get an education? Is, is the air clean? What are they doing in that regard? You know, the people that you're voting for, what are they doing, you know, to help improve the society? Okay, those people that are walking a few hundred miles across the desert and they don't have their paperwork, yet, by and large, they, they ain't causing any harm to you. And they're, they're, quite a lot like our ancestors very very similar in fact and they're kind of the lifeblood of our country that sort of immigrant spirit 
We are humans, and humans migrate. Humans are a migratory species. We don't stay in just one spot our entire life. I mean, some people do. God bless them, but that, you know, that's... I've roamed around the United States quite a bit, and I lived in Japan for a few years as a kid, but uh, I have not seen nearly enough of the world as I would like. You know, it's, it's not that big, but it's pretty big, you know, this planet of ours, but it's... You know, it would be nice to see more of it. So many people. That's one thing. I worked several years at a summer camp in northeast Pennsylvania for four summers. My best job I ever had far and away. And uh, that's one of the cool things with working at a summer camp is you get to meet people from all over the place, you know. I mean, second most popular country outside of the United States, obviously, was uh, Canada. A lot of Canadian friends. But then there's, uh, you know, South Africa, Scotland, England, um, South Africa, yeah, I already said South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and, uh, yeah, and also met some people, a couple counselors were from uh, South Korea, uh, first year at a summer camp, but yeah, but you know, both of those kind of English-speaking countries, it's kind of tougher if you uh, don't speak English to be a counselor in America. But I did meet some uh, staff of my one summer camp I worked at that were from various, uh, you know, Eastern, Eastern European countries, Russia and some of the uh, former, former Soviet countries. Yeah, it's just good to... I don't know, I always like meeting people that come from different places um, outside of this little bubble of ours, this weird, strange country, you know. It could, it's a place that could really be a, a wonderful, wonderful place, you know. It really could be, but it, it really in, requires a sort of embracing of the ideals that we profess to have, you know. This is the land of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Where you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know. So that doesn't necessarily mean enforcing your view of the world on others. And that's the thing with like uh, people who like complain about so-called like socialism and stuff. If everyone chips in a little bit. And in return, everyone has access to unlimited education, free health care, and, the, and the, the electric grid and the transportation grid is all well-maintained and, you know, well-staffed and all that. Then that's just a, a benefit that you get as a citizen. And then what, what you do beyond that is up to you, you know. You're not, you're not really sacrificing everything, anything. And then if, like, you know, the government is basically investing in people, we're raising funds from various revenue sources, you know. Everyone pays a certain federal, you still have personal income tax, federal income tax, certainly. People earning not very much pay very, very little. Most people pay an amount that's just, that's a reasonable amount. And then people making exorbitant amounts of money, they pay a much higher percentage. And uh, a big, big percentage over a real crazy amount. Yeah, we got to kind of rein in those outliers, you know, and then the money raised, it goes to investing in things that are just more efficient if invested in 
that everyone needs, basically. We've we got to invest in our needs better. What are the needs of people? Well, you got the basics like food, water, and shelter. Now, within that, you got kind of subcategories of, of needs. So you got food, water, shelter, but within shelter, there's kind of, um, yeah, I would, I would say kind of subcategories or whatever. But within food, it's basically going to be, you know, nutritional food, you know, the food pyramid, basically. How well do people access that food? And that, that really should be the role of government. Focusing on the needs of people, not, not the wants so much, but, but the needs. You need, we need to be focusing on the needs of the people, you know, not what you want. You know, you're, you're a multi-billionaire and you want to get a, you know, a 200-foot yacht. Yeah, whatever, you know. The government doesn't need to be helping you with that. They don't need to be writing some law to help you get a big boat. If you have the money for it, whatever the fuck. Congratulations, you can buy a big boat. Booyah. You can show off how much money you have. Neato. Cool, man. You know, we're all so impressed at how big of a boat you have. Cool. The government doesn't need to help with that, though. You know, so government should really be focusing on the needs. You know, so instead of helping the rich guy get another boat, uh, investing in safe uh, forms of transit, public transit, you know, and making sure the freeway system is maintained. And then also, you know, working with private enterprise to invest in more efficient ways to get around. Whether it's, you know, speed trains or whatever the fuck. Solar-powered speed trains that go like 250 miles an hour and powered by solar energy. Whatever the fuck. You know, obviously that's something that's going to exist in the future. You know, we already have solar power. There's already electromagnetic energy and that kind of stuff. And, I mean, there's already bullet trains in Japan that have been in existence for however long. So, obviously, there will be technology there, you know, um, and it's just fine-tuning things and all that. Earthquake safe and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think that's, that's good. It's just, uh, but it's more... Needs more, though, like, I guess, yeah, food, water, shelter. Make sure the air is clean. You know, the, the water is safe to drink. People are getting good food. And then shelter, with me, I would include, like, education, healthcare. You know, part, part of just uh, being a modern human, you know, is being able to access knowledge. You know, and the easiest way to get knowledge is libraries and stuff. You can just read books, and that's all good. But schooling, you know, from... Yeah, so... Education would include, like, you know, libraries and stuff like that, but also schools that people could go to. Not just children, but adults as well, meaning, yes, universities, publicly funded universities. Universities have a different way, you know, but of accepting enrollees or whatever. You know, for, like, in high school, you basically, if you live in that area, that's the high school you go to, you know. Public university, you got to apply to it, and, and if they accept you, they accept you. But with, uh, you know, that need being covered, if you apply to a school and they accept you, then you would just go, you know, because it's all publicly funded. So that's, a, that's just a, you know, the needs would be focused on by the people. What the people do beyond that, like, in, in other words, 
everyone gets uh, universal health care, free education, and a universal basic income. If, if you do, if you just, just take that and that's how you live your life, fine. You, you, you know, it will be a fairly basic life, you know. Universal basic income is not going to allow you to live like a hog in the fat house or whatever the fuck. It's a basic income. It's meant to be more of a supplement to someone working, you know. Meant to kind of soften the edges a little bit of a normal working class person. You know, it's not going to be... But for some people, it might be just enough. Like if they're just kind of living on the road or whatever. That's the one thing. Sometimes with the sort of over-capitalist societies that kind of try to infiltrate the government and try to enforce too much laissez-faire type stuff, uh, there becomes a sort of almost like government mandate that, that you work or something. And it's like, no, it's a free country. So people should be able to do what they want. So that's the one thing. If you have like a universal basic income, everyone would get it, even even wealthy people. And it would just be derived from some sort of aggregate total of X, you know, tax collected from whatever, you know, and, and just, you just pay it out. You just, you collect the funds. It would, it would align perfectly with a fiscal conservative type budget because I think uh, the best way to do a universal basic income is, is, is as Andrew Yang's proposal, a freedom dividend. Dividend. The state of Alaska does it. They, they pay out a dividend to all the citizens from the oil revenue. So it's not the same amount every year. Same thing would be with the universal basic income. You collect a tax from whatever, you know, it, it, either a percentage tax on federal income tax or not even a personal tax. More, it, I think it would be more of a commerce type tax, you know, on sp either specific transactions or all transactions, a, a micro percentage amount. Like, you know, two-tenths of a percent, whatever, you know. In other words, two pennies out of a hundred dollars, two pennies out of uh, ten bucks. Right? Am I doing that right? Yeah. Yeah, two pennies out of every ten dollars. Seems like nothing, but, you know, over time, it becomes a big, massive amount. So, you, you whatever, you... Uh, you collect the money over a certain period of time, and then after that period of time, you sort of declare it, and then for how many, however long it'll last, you obviously still continue to collect the the money. Is there a chance the universal basic income could get it could just keep going up as people get the universal basic income, and then they spend it, and then the places that they spend you know, pay this universal basic income tax, then it gets just redistributed, and then you, you accumulate the funds, and, well, yeah, that's kind of the point. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're a normal person, and you get an extra, even if it's just 800 bucks, it's 800 bucks, you know? 800 bucks is 800 bucks for a person like me. That's like... That's like, whatever, I don't know, a few rounds of a decent shopping cart full of groceries and, you know, a couple weeks worth of green and maybe even get off the island for a bit. That's a decent chunk of change. That's more than I get in a paycheck. So, you know, that little extra each month. So again, even if it was a smaller amount, it, do it doesn't even matter at first. It, any little bit, especially if it's just tied specifically to... A specific amount that was raised 
over a certain period of time, and then you just oh, we we raised X amount. We raised two point seven billion from the blah 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 tax, the you know freedom dividend tax thing, and so now the freedom dividend will be two hundred a month for seven hundred and fifty a month for the next uh, well whatever year quarter whatever the fuck it is, and then you know just redeclare. Very easy to do, you know, super easy. And it, and it's just, it helps fulfill those basic needs. You know, people need to pay the rent. They need to buy food. And this is a society, you know, we're, we're not hunters and gatherers anymore. Yes, some of us still choose to do that. And that's fine. That's great. But there's 300 plus million people in this country. We can't all be hunting and gathering, you know, that, that doesn't really work, obviously. So there has to be sort of, you know, food channels, and sort of, you know, places to go and get food. Because, you know, you know, there's just too many of us that we can't all, like, learn to hunt or, and go out and hunt deer. That's fine, the people that do, and there's just the right number of people that are into it that, you know, it doesn't overwhelm the, the deer population and shit, you know, and it's actually good for the deer population. But, you know, um, a few extra hundred bucks, that helps buy more groceries at the grocery store, you know, but top off the gas a little bit better, maybe, well, you know, clothes and stuff too, just, you know, the, the essential things, the things that people need to get by and to get through the day. And, uh, yeah, I think if... Monies are raised, then you also have if just more appropriately addressing the needs, then when things happen, you're prepared for them. Um, our 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 government has just been bending over backwards too long now for the interests of the wealthy, and it's a free society. So if you know if you want to go get more, then go get more. The, if you already have a bunch and you've already made it, then, you know, you, you just got to keep improving your skill set and stuff, you know. It, it's not go pay several hundred thousand million dollars to a politician to make a law to make it just easier for you to make money. That's just, that's kind of a weak play, you know. But it's not usually the people that become... The leaders in our society, or or at least the uh, highly respected members of our society, you know, the artists and musicians and rock, you know, the, the the you know the sort of idols of our society or whatever, they're not usually the ones that are going to be buying off a politician to try to, you know, lower their tax rate. Most of them, if they want to earn more, they just they try they just keep improving. You know, if you're a pro athlete, you just keep improving. That's how you make more money. You know. You, if you're a movie star, you make bigger and more highly profitable movies that mo have a more wider appeal or whatever, you know? Or you just make more movies, whatever. You just More money comes in. <clears throat> make sure your movies wins lots of awards. And then you can demand a higher salary for each movie you do and all that kind of stuff, you know? So basically, you just you improve as... as, as in your particular skill set. That that's how you make more money. And it that's really 
well, that really goes for whatever you are. Um, my stepdad, he's an electrician. When he started out, I'm sure he just made kind of regular money. He learned how to be an electrician in the Navy, but now he's a head electrician at a on a Navy base. So I'm sure he does pretty well. You know, he, he makes more because he's been doing it a long time and knows a lot. He's just improved his skill set. Um, he, he didn't make more money by some politician lowering his tax rate and just sort of giving him more money. He, he had to earn more money, you know, improve his skill set and, and, you know, advance further in his career. That's how you earn more money, you know. And if you're already at the top of the ladder, just appreciate that you're there. And I, I guess it's how do you define yourself? You know, and too many of these wealthy people, I think they just define themselves purely by how much money they have. Trump is one of those folks. Which is why he's so conflicted. Because he defines himself as a billionaire. But there's no factual proof that he even is a billionaire. We just sort of accept it. Because he does have lots of stuff. Uh, and we do... And there is evidence that he has had like hundreds of millions in revenues in specific years. But he's claimed massive losses in personal losses many times. 10 out of 15 years, he didn't pay anything in Texas. What is his net worth? He's once said that his net worth kind of fluctuates day to day depending on his mood or something. He said something like that once. It's crazy. That doesn't even make any sense. But it... But it kind of does. I kind of get what he was saying because Trump is just an image. The Trump organization is just, it's all hype. It's all just perception. Whatever you think Trump is, as far as whatever, whatever you want to think it is, as it, that's what it is, I guess, or something. You know, so, so people think that it's this wonderful company that is highly great at building these awesome hotels you know, from scratch, all on their own, that are, you, you know, the the most awesomest hotels in the world. Yeah. You you can believe that. I mean, do do ever, does everyone know that, you know, some of the Trump hotels are just hotels that were already there that paid the Trump organization a fee to have Trump's name on their hotel? Just, I, how did he... How did he get that deal? There, there's some. There is some. There is some weirdness going on with that whole business. I mean, imagine if your favorite sports team, like my uh, Seattle Seahawks, play at uh, Central Lake Field. It would be like the Seattle Seahawks paying a fee, or the city of Seattle paying a fee to Century Link to have their emblem on the field. That that's totally stupid. I mean, it, it's the exact opposite. I mean, that's there's a reason why all the stadiums have corporate names because those corporations pay massive amounts of money to the city or the team. I forget how it works specifically. I think it's the city usually to have their name on the stadium. You know, but Trump worked an opposite agreement where he he got paid to have his name on a building. It's very weird. What you know? So there's something going on. What I was thinking about earlier is that Trump is a well-known con man. 
like every every everyone knew not not literally everyone obviously you know 60 million people voted for him for president in 2016 so not everyone knew he was a con man but you know every, everyone knew uh, so it's kind of like a lot of Trump hotels have been uh, kind of hot spots for money laundering by Russia, Russian oligarchs and such, and Russian criminal interests. So I almost think like the Trump hotels, the Trump name was sort of an, you know, not so subtle advertisement for sort of, you know, various criminal interests around the world. Trump, hey, you know, hey, he's that gunman guy, you know, hey, you you cut your good deal, you know, hey, yeah type thing. I think that's what it's about. It's just, uh, you know, money kind of exchanges hands. Uh, the Trump organization kind of looks the other way and kind of lets whatever those entities need to do, do what they do uh, with those various transactions. The Trump organization kind of receives a certain kind of fee or whatever to kind of, and Trump himself personally, to kind of allow these various monies to go from one spot to the other and to kind of hide the source. It's called money laundering. Uh, and it's what criminal interests do to kind of uh, hide the source of their money. Uh, and, and that's basically what Trump is. He's kind of that... Because he, he didn't really have to do that kind of dirty work, the actual real criminal type stuff, you know, racketeering and breaking and entering, you know, robbery and all that kind of stuff that criminal interests do extortion all that kind of stuff he was born wealthy so his way of getting into organized crime i think was just to be that kind of person he can kind of you know play the pot he can sort of uh be the front be the be the cover or whatever or be the kind of the yeah the front for the business to sort of look like a legit business meanwhile behind the scenes it's purely just a you know, a money laundering scheme between, you know, Russian criminal interests, New York criminal interests, and various other interests. Trump is just sort of this guy that, and he's just kind of there. His his fee to sort of take on a, I guess, a certain amount of risk. I mean, he's he's willingly and knowingly associating with criminal interests uh, on a fully public level. So I, I guess it's sort of he gets to live a certain affluent lifestyle, and that's what the uh, he gets paid in, you know, he, he gets paid in sort of helicopter rides, private jets, fancy houses, and cash as well to sort of allow these criminal activities to go on. And that's sort of his compensation from them. Um, he, he does have to sort of put it all in the books, though, too, and that's why he wasn't really willing to release his tax returns, I think, because, like, it, it's all on the record. You know, he, he he is the guy that gets money from organized crime, it seems like, you know, to kind of help them conduct their businesses. You know, he doesn't have to engage in the really overt criminal activity. He just kind of has to look the other way and pretend he doesn't know what's going on. You know, he is kind of stupid. Uh, but I I don't think he's that stupid. I think he, you know, I think he's just good at pretending that he doesn't know what's going on. But uh, not really that good. Like, you know, Russia, if you're listening. And then that day, Russian hackers start, you know, hacking emails and stuff, you know, just 
And now there's this China thing. <laughs> uh, over a hundred million that he has in a Chinese bank account. That 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 amount just appeared in 2017. It was a very small amount prior, but it's this random Trump organization entity in China. So. I don't know, man. It's a heavy time. It's freaking, it's a freaking heavy time. People dying. This fucking fascist dumb shit. Fucking, I was fucking ten years old when that guy was on TV being a dumbass, saying stupid shit, just being an obnoxious celebrity. I mean, there's so many other like interesting people in our society back then, and he was not one of them. You know. I was like 10 years old when I knew that guy was no you, no good. Donald Trump, no good. Not someone to be like. Was that first, he was that first one. Now, there was more extreme people, obviously, that you see in history and stuff. And there's video of Charles Manson or something. You know, these, yeah. There's some that kind of are like, they're, they're uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're... It's hard to even think of them as being like human or, or something. They're, or, you know, Hitler. They're, they're beyond. The villainous doesn't even describe them. It, it's like. It's. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, as a kid, learning history and seeing lots of personalities on TV and stuff, it just. Uh, there's all different types of people. And, the, and uh, some have gone. Some people that have walked this earth have gone really, really bad. And there's just badness all about them. And then some people are more subtle about their badness in a way, I guess. Because uh, they're not, well, you know, they're not outright committing murder, you know. Trump did brag once that he could, you know, shoot someone in, on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. So he's more indifferent to life. Uh, he's, you know, 200,000 people dying. He doesn't really care. There's human beings that were walking across the desert, you know, a while back, and they didn't have paperwork with them, so he ordered them to be uh, caged, put in cages, including the children. Uh, there's over 500 of those children who still have not been reunited with their parents, and uh, the federal government has admitted recently that they don't know where those parents are. There's a coronavirus going on. Are those parents still alive? We don't know. Does Trump give a shit? No. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just disappointing, I guess, is what it really is. You know, why did people have to believe that it was Republican or Democrat? Why did it have to be that? No, it's like the Republican Party knew they were going to win. Like, they just knew it was their turn to win, but for some reason they. They just picked this strange, absurd character. Trump. You know, he's just been this fucking... Ugh. Man, I, I was legit, like, so burnt out. Tired of hearing about him. Way, way back. Mid-90s, you know? Like, Art of the Deal had already come out and stuff like that. And I remember when that book came out, I was just like, What? What deal making, you know? I remember being confused as like an 11 year old. Like, what? 
And then it, and then just the, I remember also even as that book came out, and even as an eleven-year-old kid who didn't really know a whole lot, you know, thinking he wrote a book, you know, that seemed weird and it seemed off. And then it really was only very recently, in the last couple of years, I learned that no, Donald Trump did not write that book. <laughs> He's the subject of the book. Tony Schwartz wrote Art of the Deal. Donald Trump doesn't read or write. He's he's functionally literate. You know, he could probably read at a fifth or sixth grade level, maybe. You know, um, his speech is fifth gradeish, I would say, maybe. Maturity wise, that's that's a tough one there. I was, when when I was a camp counselor, the group, uh, the age group I worked with most at my four years at uh that summer camp in pennsylvania um it was seventh graders they were definitely more mature by and large than donald trump is i would say so you know i would say his maturity is probably about a, maybe a third or fourth grader just like his attention span his kind of the way he reacts to being in pressure situations and stuff and that's kind of how he handles disagreements and whatnot you know how he prepares for things and just his maturity level really i guess is yeah i would say more like a third grader you know it's the seventh grade campers i had were definitely far more i don't know just mature and intelligent and engaging than donald trump is and or, or has been over the last many years you know easily and and you know many of them now are they're like 30 years old now <laughs> man time place crazy and uh man from what i've you know gathered here and there on facebook and whatnot doing quite well and stuff but i guess that's the thing too there's so many people in this country that are better than trump we got to find a way to start highlighting more of those kind of people like i started the other day i like wrote a bunch of names of people i knew personally that would be better at president than Trump. A lot of them is, a lot of them were uh, you know, my Sigma Nu brothers of mine from Eastern Washington University, and just people I've known and worked with over the years. And you know, I just started listing names. And those are just names that I know personally. I'm sure there's every single person in this country knows dozens, if not over hundred, if not hundreds of people personally that that they know personally, not just people they've seen on TV. People they've known in their life that could be better at president than Donald Trump, you know. Well, some may also have a list for Joe Biden, but that's I'm not really worried about that right now. It's more the Trump thing, you know. But why just settle for someone like that? You know, we don't need to. We got to avoid this. This thing of democracy is very precious. I like being able to uh, record this podcast, even if I don't make any money and, or whatever. I like being able to just sort of say my views and post them you know there's no crime being committed and but in parts of the world this podcast that i've been recording would be considered a crime you know because it's speaking out against the acting political regime so we must avoid our country descending into that type of situation so Vote November 3rd. Vote early if you can. Whoever you vote for, do not vote for Donald Trump. If you lean right, tend to vote Republican, vote Libertarian. Go for it. Take the plunge. And then try it if you're Democrats. Why not? Just 
read up a little bit. Just don't vote Trump. If you lean left, just vote Joe Biden. Don't play around. All right. <clears throat> Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.